Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, site manager at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Jude Seaborg. Jude, we just went through a weekend of, I don't know where... Is New York as hot as it was over here? I mean, it was blazing. I was not in New York. I was in Chicago. And let me oh, tell you, right. it was hot as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I, it was rough. That shit. And then, I'm, you know, right now outside, it's like fall weather. It's, just, <laughs> it's like, man, it's felt a little nippy. So, yeah. I, I, mean, I was uh, just looking to see if maybe my local uh, cider mill was doing donuts already, but uh, I think we're still oh, a little well, premature on that. Would Although I heard Halloween fantastic? candy, Halloween candy is out in stores now. I'm, I'm so confused. Of course it's out. They, I mean, they, they've already like put probably back to school stuff away. This is kind of, you know, who puts out Halloween candy? People that call summer camp fall camp. That's who puts out Halloween candy. You know, no, they have no respect a, for the that's, seasons. That's a low. No blow. respect for the seasons. That's a low blow. What else are you supposed to call it? You can't call it summer camp. You absolutely can call it summer camp. I will you die. Cannot. Because what ha- what do you what do you call summer conditioning then? I don't know when does it happen in the summer. I, in June. <laughs> All right, Anyways. we're we're, ne- we're never gonna agree on that one. Just like Drew Tranquil's. <laughs> talking about low blows, my friend. Low blows. Yes. Hey, you know, I I don't turn the other cheek. So, listen tonight. Tonight's gonna be a big blowout. Uh, we're we're just gonna. I had uh, teased this in an early podcast that we were going to go uh, through the season, uh, you know, going to be a three-parter, and uh, basically screw it. Uh, you put you press play on the uh, podcast, so we're, we're going to do uh, we're going to do a whole season kind of preview thing tonight, and hopefully, hopefully, y'all stay tuned for all of it. So, <laughs> I mean, this is this, this might get weird. All right. Um, so just looking, Jude, looking at their season ahead, and there's there's already starting to be, there, there's already like a resurrection of the narrative of this whole college football playoff. And just for the record, I really can't stand college football playoff talk in July and August and even September. Um, but you know, once the national people start getting a hold of stuff, it's like the only thing they can talk about. Um, but there's already been some things out there to like resurrect the whole Notre Dame doesn't belong kind of crap. I mean, the irrelevant talk. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that that was more of like a, a, jab, a jab at Notre Dame's recent at the recent announcement of uh, Notre Dame Georgia being prime time. But can are you starting to to see and feel like uh, that football season's coming on because the 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 jabs at ND are coming? Look, I make it a point not to watch uh, shows like ESPN first, whatever uh, take or whatever they call it. Especially they talk Ju- about it? Especially, I, I especially in Ju- July or college football. You know, if you're watching college football live in, in July, I mean, you, you, you deserve whatever is coming at you. Um, <laughs> uh, having said that, look, I've always felt like 12-0 and 0 is a guarantee to the college football playoff. 11-1 and 1 is, is absolutely no guarantee uh, the college football playoff committee has has the composition of the committee has changed over the years. Uh, but one thing has been consistent, which is they don't there's no such thing as a good loss. They've never really rewarded a team for losing close to an elite team. Um, so I think 11 and one is problematic for, for Notre Dame. 
Uh, do I think that they could give, get in? Yeah, but it also depends on what what the other teams are doing at eleven to one. So hopefully, we're not in that situation where uh, you know we're arguing that you know some kind of close loss at Athens is worth almost like a win. You know, because well, I, I mean, really don't. I'm glad you Go brought ahead. that up because I mean, you said. I mean, because really Notre Dame got rewarded in 2017 for the close loss to Georgia. And it, because it was earlier in the season and then we, the college play, the committee was able to see Georgia like steamroll like the rest of their opponents. You know, code those first rankings in 2017, Notre Dame was in. So, you know, that's one loss, close loss against, against Georgia. And I, mean, I, I hear, I hear it, what it you're was, saying. It was only because of listen. It was only because of the debacle in Miami, uh, which led to the uh, pants pooping in Palo Alto. But I mean, they were they were in. If they if they beat Miami I, and they beat Stanford, that that's a one loss team that's in. I don't I don't agree. Um, I think that it, saying that they were where they were before Miami uh, doesn't change the fact that the the playoff committee has changed its mind about the composition of the top four. And especially after conference championship weekends, um, I don't remember I the particulars great. about who beat who, um, cause they were, ex- they were ridiculously high on the Irish. I mean, glowing about them and with the way Georgia kept winning. And if, I mean, if they beat Miami, who was a top 15 team at the time down in Miami, it's even more. And then you finish up on a I mean, I, they were it. they were they were in if they if they've got those two games instead of pooping their pants that, I, I that's, just, a, that's a perfect not, example of a one loss year where they're I, I think they were definitely in because they were rewarding Notre Dame for the close loss against a, a Georgia team that was one of the best in the country. Yeah, I mean, again, I'd have to we'd have to look at the, the composition and see how many other one loss or zero loss teams that there were. Uh, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but. I don't think I don't think it was as as certain as you think it was. Um, I think I that know was you know, definitely that it was. Okay, all right. <laughs> it was, well, I, it was. We it was disagree. That, they, they didn't even come. They didn't come in on the first poll at, at four. It was three. I, I understand, mean, but do you want? Do you, should we go through the iterations of teams that were like like that's say fine, I don't but know? We're not talking about other TCU, teams. TCU uh, beating uh, Iowa State fifty-five to three in the final Notre weekend. Only TCU and that's and this. The 17th schedule was not what TCU had played. I obviously none of this really makes makes any bit of difference because Notre Dame got their asses handed to them in Miami, and then they shit the bed against Stanford in the fourth quarter. But if they had, I mean, if they had won those those two games in any manner on the road too, they're in. I mean, I, I did, yeah. no, there was no way around it. It's 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 fun to talk about in July, but I'm looking at this schedule this year, and I'm looking at two or three losses. So I really don't think it's, I really don't think it's going to be a, a point that worth, worth uh, debating right. uh, past okay. probably week well, seven. So well, speaking of that, let's uh, let's flash forward two years to 2019. All right. <laughs> and so let's get this party started. So Notre Dame opens up the season Labor Day night in Louisville against the pizza Cardinals. And <laughs> so look, Louisville's a program that is it had been really good. They were doing just fine. And then uh, certain things happened, maybe a certain coaching hire, 
you know, <laughs> goes on. Are you talking and, about Bobby Petrino or Brian Van Gorder? Because either one of those, I think you could probably make a case well, for. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, Bobby Petrino can only get you so far, and then Bobby Petrino is going to turn into poison. And, and then when you hire someone like Brian Van Gorder, uh, you're really screwed, especially when you play Georgia Tech, who has a head coach that fucking hates Brian Van Gorder. <laughs> Uh, one of my, was, my, my that, favorite petty battles of, of college football lore. So, that was one of my favorite games of all time to watch. Paul Johnson, just, yeah, very excited that, about watching beating the, up on Brian Vancouver. Watching that triple option ran to perfection. And with the exactly what you said, with the petty, like, feud between, you know, and maybe for, I mean, for Johnson, it ain't petty. I mean, that shit's real. He took that, he took that seriously. Uh, the you know the whole Georgia Southern thing. So, but uh, uh, that I mean that that was that was a game of beauty, and but that's like honestly that's like the lasting image in my mind of Louisville, you know post post Lamar. You know what I mean? Sure. So on a kind of on a, on a scale of one to ten, how much? And we're I think we're gonna do. Oh, what kind of meter are we gonna pull out? Maybe like maybe confidence meter. Like, how confident are you in Notre Dame showing up in Louisville? Uh, I mean, are we doing full integers here? Are we doing like eights or nines? Or are we doing like 8.5? Like, well, integers? I barely know what the word integer means. I mean, am I, am, I, am, I, am I sticking to whole numbers or am I allowed to say like 8.2? The, the whole numbers. I mean, come okay. on. 12, right. 12 year olds right. listen to this podcast. Right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight. Okay. 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 So here's what, here's what keeps me from 10, right? Okay. Scott Satterfield, uh, is the new coach at, at, at Louisville. Um, he was mildly successful at Appalachian state. Um, I think that it's always difficult to play a new coach with a new system that you don't have on tape. Um, you have Louisville's personnel and you have Scott Satterfield's play calling, uh, at Appalachian state, but to marry the two and try to figure out how this is going to go, Plus Labor Day night, you know, I'm not sure Louisville's really a place that anyone's scared of per se. But things have gotten weird in that state. Yeah, weird, weird things happen on the road. Weird things happen on the road. And so a combination of those things and opening night jitters or expectations being much higher for Notre Dame than they are for Louisville. Louisville kind of playing that, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter to us. You know what I mean? Like we, we're going to win by playing our best game sort of thing. Uh, that's why I give it an eight. But I'm pretty confident. I'm fairly confident. I mean, is there is there anybody on that team that on Louisville's team that act, that stands out to you as like that guy's going to be a problem one way or another? Uh, it's okay. It's okay if there isn't. I mean, you yeah. Know, I, mean, I mean, they they got a dude on the offensive line who's a who's a beast and a half. Um, he's are like you talking about, about Becton. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a big boy. I I, I don't know. Huge boy. Yeah, he's got like NFL written all over him, right? So there's actually a couple guys. There's a couple of really good offensive tackles. Uh, Stanford's got one. Georgia's got one. I, I wrote about this in our uh, top five opponents kind of th- this year. Um, but no, I mean, look, they don't even have a quarterback situation that's settled. Or last I heard, it wasn't settled. So um, I'm, not, I'm not terribly concerned. I'm not terribly concerned. All right. Well, then, and I got I'll play along because uh, that's only fair, and and I agree with you. I'm I'm with an eight. Um, I think opening season 
you know, opening season games are can be tricky. Uh, when they're on the road, they can be even trickier. And when you're dealing with it, like, I mean, everything you just said, it's all on a line of trick. Okay. It, it's, it's the jester situation. So, you know, I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely roll with an eight. I, I am worried because at programs like Louisville, when you get that, first, that, that coach coming back or coach coming in for their first year, there can be a tendency of like the overachievement, like, you know, everybody buys in because you were down so low. So a new guy comes in. So you're, you get that overachievement. Maybe Charlie Weiss was an example of that, maybe a little bit. Um, but I, so that, that gives me some pause, but I, I think eight's probably accurate. Um, you, you got a prediction, a score prediction you want to throw away? I mean, score predictions are, look, score predictions are actually stupid, especially in July. Yeah. But, but, but we're going to do them. Okay. Because, A, because I've been drinking since two. Uh, this afternoon, and look, they, yeah. they at least they at least give they, they they at least give you a sense of they'll give our listener a sense of uh, of, of confidence of where they're at. I mean, because I mean, right. people people have in their minds how you're going to beat an opponent, um, and I'm not going to hold back tonight. So uh, so where you? I at? got like I got like thirty eight thirteen. I don't know. That's that's what feels like right in my head. Thirty eight thirteen. Okay. I, I got 40, I got 44, 17. Okay. So you're 38, 13. Okay. 30. All right. Uh, we can, we can move on from Louisville. I, <laughs> you know, and, and be, this is what sucks. And, and I went on a rant on this uh, maybe last week, but this, the whole Labor Day game thing to me, more, the more and more that I'm looking at it and feeling it, dude, it sucks. I mean, you're getting past that first Saturday college football, no Notre Dame game. You got so you got this Monday night weird time thing going on, and then you're gonna have another set. So you got the first two college football Saturdays, no Notre Dame football, and you still got to deal with a bye week later on. So I mean, do we kind of have like three cheeseburger weeks? <laughs> uh, I definitely know it's gonna be it's gonna feel weird to be totally geeked out about that first week of college football and then watch a whole host of games on Saturday and not watch my team play. So, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, the second week is just, I don't The second week is usually just garbage games too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, that's what sucks even more. They tend to put all the, they tend we're not going to have anything like, to watch, you know, that Chick-fil-A kickoff game or whatever. Like, you know, last year with Washington, Auburn, like, even though it didn't turn out to be a great game, like it, it just was like, you were excited for it. You know what I mean? Obviously Michigan, Notre Dame. Um, and then the, the second week is always like, you know, uh, Murray All Valley, State, State, <laughs> yeah, Murray Valley state versus like Alabama or something. You right. know what I mean? You're just like, what, what am I doing with my life? You know? So, uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be weird. It's, that, it's definitely gonna be weird. That's great that you mentioned it. Cause now we're moving into week three, uh, game two for us. New Mexico Lobos, which is a basically a week two game, right? Yeah, no, that's a very it's a very week two game. It's a you know a bye game. Uh, you know, New Mexico's coming here without any kind of return trip expected, so um, they get a little payout. Uh, this is a ten for me. This is this is unquestionably a win. Um, if Notre Dame loses this game, like <laughs> there's going to be some serious gnashing of teeth. Uh, you know, maybe I mean, maybe. Th- Maybe I jump over to the fire Brian Kelly side. Uh, you know, I just I, look. I, oh, I I'll 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 be I'll 
I'll have the torches ready. I uh, I lived through the Bri- the Bob Davy era. Uh, my gra- my graduation year was uh, 2002, so um, I I saw almost the entirety of Bob Davy's uh, career. I, I lived alongside of it. Uh, I just I can't wait to, for Notre Dame to run up a score on Bob Davy. Uh, this New Mexico team is hot garbage. Um, they've got a lot a lot of unproven players. Uh, they're going actually they're doing the Charlie Weiss at Kansas JUCO thing where they're bringing in all those like Juco kids. Now and... let's not give Charlie Weiss the credit here. Uh, you you got to reach that back a little bit. We, we need to, we need to go to Kansas state and look at what Snyder did. That It's a, it's a Snyder move. Bill Snyder perfected the Juco. Oh, I, Juco. I was, okay. I was looking at Charlie Weiss failing the Juco route. So right. uh, I fully expect, um, that this, I think they were three and nine last year. I fully expect, you know, something similarly terrible. I just don't understand how Bob Davy keeps this job, but I'm very glad that he did because I just, I, I, I want so hard to, for Notre Dame to, to pants him, uh, and just, you know, and, and to be there for that, for that post game, uh, press conference where he just kind of, you know, does that d- dumb Davy dumbfounded look, you know, like, Oh, I just don't know what wrong, you know? Yeah, that's uh, one, that's one game I'm I'm like uh, seriously considering skipping Kelly's press conference and going over to Davies. <laughs> I'll be I'll be hip to hip with uh with old Carter over there because that just that's you're right. same thing. I you just you have it you have the image of Davy inside that stadium and and uh, poor time management and you do you you just you gotta love it. You gotta love him coming back to to get a pants and you're right. So what what kind of score prediction are you looking at here? Uh, this feels like a UMass game to me. So, but except without a Brian Van Gorder defense. So, I want to say sixty-two ten. Sixty-two ten. Yeah, because I think I think it was, UMass was sixty-two what twenty-one or something like that in two thousand fifteen. Was it six? Yeah, it was sixty-two. It wasn't sixty-three. Yeah. You know what the problem with that is, though. That's a lot of points. That, no, that's that's a lot of time. Lot of <laughs> that time. Game, the game's gonna take way too fucking long. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, like uh, if we're not getting Phil Dracovic, actually, uh, Brendan Clark should be in this game. That's how, that's what I feel, you know. So and still sixty-two. Yeah, like, oh yeah, like, th- like this should be the ball. This should. You think this game's gonna go down the way that we had all planned Ball State to be last year? Yeah, Remember before what, Brandon, like, before like Brandon Woodbush tried Brian to insist Kelly, he was a pocket quarterback? Well, no, but I, like everybody wrote about that week leading up to Ball State. And even Brian Kelly said it unprompted in a in a you know a post-practice thing about getting guys into the game. Like making sure we were playing our younger players, getting they were getting some time out of like everybody, and Julian Love encompassed it. I mean, he you know, God bless Julian Love for just saying he's like, we just overlooked him flat right. out. And they did. Right. right. So, it's hard to get up for these games. It's absolutely but, you know, hard to get up for these games. But if Brian Kelly is anything, he is a master of learning from the shit that he drops. So, I mean, it, he may still fail the next time around, but he knows when he screws up and he tries to make, I mean, look, you've seen it during his tenure, right? I mean, I wrote about, look, this is Brian Kelly 3.0. So there's been, you know, two massive changes to Brian Kelly since his arrival and you could put in all sorts of little stuff inside of there. So I think the ball state game will be 
on his mind. It, it's on his mind right now. Probably looking at this New Mexico game. It, it yeah. has to. Be. Um, I mean, I, I think he. I think he wants to run up to score more on Bowling Green than he wants to on New Mexico. But I, I still think that. I think New Mexico is just going to make it too easy for them for, for them to score on them. Yeah, I I think it's going to get ridiculous. I. The, the, this is a very efficient. No, it really depends upon when Notre Dame does decide to to pull the string a little bit. So I think it's going to get rough. I think fifty six. So, but but I'm calling shutout fifty six nothing. Oh, I I I just have SMU, a SMU style, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to be a, a straight up ass kicking. And are you sure Dino Babers isn't going to go for three late in this game or man, what coward <laughs> coward. I don't care who I piss off saying, and I pissed off a lot of Syracuse fans during that, but that uh, was, I don't, I don't think John Casella listens to our podcast. I think we're safe. He, there, might, he might, might. John's a good guy. John was a little miffed and I had, I chuckled at his anger at that, but kind of, I mean, come on, man. I'd be mad at my coach if he did that shit. Like, he, like either you do it right or go down in flames doing it. That the cheap field goal that was just that was absolutely ridiculous. So I mean, if, if, we're, if you're going to get beat, that field goal is not like that bad. That field goal is not going to do anybody any good. In fact, it makes you look worse. You know, go for the gusto or go home. <laughs> so all right, now let's get to. Maybe a big game here. Notre Dame heading out to Athens. Georgia Bulldogs. What are you thinking? Uh, my confidence in a Notre Dame win is about uh, two. Uh, I think Georgia's it's loaded with talent. Um, I, I get that they lost, you know, all of their in their entire receiving core from last year. Uh, but that doesn't stop the fact that Jake Fromm is Jake Fromm. Um, that uh, it's DeAndre Swift, right? Who's running back is yeah. uh, so so amazing, and they've got they're just they've got a loads of of talent and um, in their secondary. And uh, I feel this is going to be hard. This is going to be a hard game. Uh, I'm feeling thirty eight seventeen, Georgia. That's a beat. That's a beating. That's a that's a that's a tough one to swallow. Thirty-eight yeah. seven. Okay. Well, my confidence. I'm, I'm about a five. I'm I'm right in between because, honest to God, regardless of what the opponent is, um, that Notre Dame plays in the first two two games, I think a lot of of what's going to happen in in Athens will come down to what we see in those first two games. Like if Notre Dame is efficient and going about their business on offense and you know yeah it's silly it's louisville and new mexico but i mean just look at what happened last year you know against against uh, ball state and vanderbilt okay if they're efficient and go about their business and, and do what we expect to do i think notre dame has a much better shot than other people if you could if and, and something that we're we've just glazed over um you know, if their linebacker situation comes up, I think Notre Dame's defense is solid. Like, I, 
your your front line. I, I and I have come to a point where I like as far as confidence meter for our defensive tackles, I've gone from a three to about an eight uh, over the course of a couple months. Um, it, general talk or general just thought like me laying on a raft in a pool. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, no shit. I did I actually did that today thinking about, you know, what Mike Elson has done with that defensive line and what, what they can do. So um, I won't dive way deep into my thought process on that, but I, I just feel like, you know, if they can get the, the linebacker situation and I like a lot of what everyone's saying about, about Jock, about Jeremiah Wosu Kormoa and, you know, and Jack Lamb. And I think that, you know, maybe by Georgia, the mic will be figured out. Maybe it won't be Asmar. Maybe, hopefully, either he rises the occasion or someone supplants him. But I think the defense is going to be solid. And if they're efficient on offense the first two weeks, there's no reason to think that they can't be. Um, obviously, it gets a much better team, uh, you know, a much higher caliber opponent in Georgia. But I, I think they can get it done, and you know I'm I'm gonna I'm still calling a loss on this, um, but I think that they can win, and I, I'm gonna say it, it's another one point loss. Let's just say, you know, twenty seven, twenty six, uh, just some random, you know, you could say thirty five, thirty four, uh, and it's the same basically same type of ball game. So, um, yeah, I, I, I it'll give pause. It'll be unfortunate because it'll still be that big road win that Notre Dame does not get. But I think that they will be much more respectable than your 38 to 17 loss. I mean, I'll call for a win that week. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When I get my protection that week, I'll, I'll fall right in the line. If things have gone the way I think they'll go against Louisville, New Mexico, I'll end up calling for the win. But right now, thinking about it more rationally, I'm calling for a one-point loss. I think they show up and play and play hard. I think I, I just I, I just think they have the coaching staff in place and they have enough talent. I think Georgia has a great offensive line. I think the I think the receiver thing's a bigger deal than anyone's making it out to be. I mean, these guys they lost their five leading pass receivers. Jake Fromm. You know, let's see how Jake Fromm can still be Jake Fromm without all those guys. I I don't know if he can be because that's a lot that's a lot of people that are new out there, and I don't give a shit. You know, if this was Week Nine, it'd be I think it'd be a different story. Sure, but, but this is early on in the season, and I'm not looking at Georgia's schedule in front of me, and I'm not going to look it up. But I'm almost certain that they're not really playing anybody up to us. Just same as us. I mean. The, it's not like we're playing much in front of us either. But are they going to be able to, all these new guys out there, react to what they have in front of them? The, the event, the slight, the positive in Georgia's side is that in practice, they get to go against a very good guy. <laughs> so uh, that will certainly help. But yeah, one point loss, I, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. So. Moving on to what basically everybody in the country, or at least Notre Dame fans, because I don't know other people, but a lot of people believe Virginia. Come on on back home. Virginia is a huge trap game, and it has all the makings of a trap game. I mean, it, it's it's like the most obvious trap game on the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you get a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
Where where are you at confidence wise in this game? So I'm like a six in this game. And I think the reason why is I'm worried about the Georgia hangover. And I don't, I don't think I I get that Virginia is a, is a, is a trendy pick for ACC championship against Clemson. Um, I get that Bronco Mendenhall is uh, seen as some sort of savior because he, um, the team was garbage when he took them over. He made them less so garbage. And then like last year they had a very Ocho Cinco type year or whatever. Um, I just, I, I think they've got a lot of talent. I had Bryce uh, Perkins on my fantasy team last year. I, I loved uh, watching him play because I would tune into his games just to, to watch. And, and he was, he was, a, he was hella fun to watch. And, and I wrote about Bryce Hall, um, this the summer about yeah. the top five opponents, and I think he's just he's a, he's a ball hawk. I mean, he's a, a big tall dude, and uh, he has a good sense of where the ball is or whatever. Uh, so I think that they have talent, but I just I think that um, you know games in South Bend. Uh, I'm sorry, in Notre Dame. Uh, and, no, it's uh, in South Bend. <laughs> um, you know how I, I know think- it's in South Bend? Listen, listen, this is gonna be funny. You know how I know this is games in South Bend? I do not know how you know this is South Bend. The uh, ND Insider Preview Magazine, which everybody should go, go and buy. Uh, you still have time to get one. And all of their opponent uh, modules that they have, it literally says South Bend. Perfect. And I will trust the local newspaper to tell me exactly where it's at. There you go. Oh, there you go. Ne- nothing need to be say more. Sorry, Hank. Uh, Sorry, Hank. So I, I feel like maybe the scoring will be down because of kind of the, you know, following with the thought there that they, you know, they're licking some wounds and, and maybe uh, something got exposed in terms of the linebacking core, maybe it's secondary. So I'm going to say like 24-20, but Notre Dame wins. Close one. Well, this is our... I think our first major disagreement, we, I think we got a disagreement with Georgia a little bit. Sure. Uh, it's going to be our first major one. I think Notre Dame wipes their butt with Virginia. Okay. And I I think because it, it's such an obvious trap game, I actually have a different one picked out, um, it, it, which I wrote about, we'll, we'll, which we'll get to. Um, but I, I think they show up. You know, win or lose down in Athens um, – I, I think they'll be able to. I, I think there's some there's some good leadership on this team, which is weird because they still don't have a captain uh, name on this team, which is to me is strange. Uh, I don't, which I don't think is being talked about enough. Um, but I, I still I think they got a lot of good leaders on this team. I think they they hold it together. There's not a quarterback uh, controversy. There's not going to be one. Um, so. Kelly's been all over the place about when he's named captains. I remember his first year he oh, had, yeah, ro- yeah. He had he, rotating captains. And then the one year that Deshaun Kaiser left, he named them in December. The prior well, they December. did the December thing so they could throw Kaiser in there because. Right. And I, and I did, when I did my, um, what if Deshaun Kaiser and Jalen Smith. <laughs> well, I, you know, and I mentioned that, like, look, the only reason he named him in December was because he wanted Kaiser to come back so damn bad. Obviously. Right. For obvious reasons, so, and, but which was even weirder because there's never been a quarterback at Notre Dame under Kelly that's been named a captain. So, the fact that 
the fact that he named Kaiser in December, you know, was like the biggest like slide into your DMs. Hey, how you doing? Right. Uh, that you're going to find. Um, but I just I think this team, it's they'll get it sorted out. They probably already know. Not necessarily the coach. The team knows who the leaders are. Uh, sure. You know, and I think it's I think it's pretty obvious um, for a few of them. We get that at a different time, maybe after they get named. But um, I think they hold it together. I think they do just fine. Uh, maybe not a big, big scoring game for Notre Dame. Um, but I, 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 I'm in the line with them. Them getting over to four, over forty points for the season. They're not going to quite get it against them because there will be some kind of hangover just because I think Georgia is going to be an extremely physical game. Um, but we're going to go, um, you know, 35-24. What okay. did you say? I said 24-20. 24-20, that's right. Okay. I, I didn't quite write that down. So, yeah. So you, you're, you're right in line with the, with the Trappists. Um, which is not the same as a papist, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, 11 point win. It's probably going to be like a, I'm going to say like probably like a six, seven point spread and just, just roughly think it'd probably be a six, seven point spread. And so I, I think, I think they cover that, which Notre Dame isn't really known to do, but I, th- I think they, they hold it together. All right, quickly moving on to. One of the bigger games in Notre Dame Stadium history, uh, and that's when the Bowling Green Falcons come to town. Matt, little Maction for you. Uh, if y'all don't know, I am I'm a Mac alum. Uh, hashtag True Emu forever. Uh, hashtag Hurons forever. Uh, Jude, what's where's your confidence level here with BG? Uh, back to ten. Uh, I think this game, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, is very is going to be very personal for Brian Kelly. I think that, um, you know, Brian Van Gorder to him is kind of like the, the little brother that, or the big brother that he trusted. And then he found out that big brother was actually trying to drown him in the bathtub with a weight. Um, and so he's, (laughs) he's, he got wise to that and he survived and now he's come back stronger. And now he's just like, let's put this guy out of business. Um, so I think he's going to, I think he knows, um, Van Gorder very well. Van Gorder knows him very well. But at the same time, Van Gorder doesn't have the personnel to match up with uh, what Notre Dame's going to be throwing at him. So, uh, th- again, this is going to have uh, Notre Dame fans tweeting at me during the game, asking me the last time that Notre Dame put up 60 points. And I'll say, just a couple of weeks ago against, uh, <laughs> against the New Mexico Lobos. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I, see a, I, I see a score in the 60s. Uh, I think I said 62-10 for the other one. So let's do 66 66- Six for this game. Oh, it's so evil. It is so evil. Yeah, Brian Kelly's not going to take his foot off the gas. I just, I, I don't know. That's without, my feeling. Without me doing, without me doing a quick Google search, Scott Loeffler, he didn't he, wasn't he at Syracuse previously? Um, maybe not immediately previously, but. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the only thing I know about Scott Loeffler is he spells his name with one T and that bothers me because it just looks wrong. Uh, <laughs> can't uh, trust a, can't trust a Scott with one, only one T. No, I mean like, you know, and then I've got to figure out how many F's he's got in his last name. I just, 
you know, I'm all over the place with Scott Loeffler. So yeah, that, that's a uh, ultra European European spellings over there. Um, yeah, you can't trust it at all. Yeah, it. Yeah, and he was at BC. Oh, that's, BC. that's right. That's right. Yeah, BC. BC and then uh, Virginia Tech before that. And I was, then, I was close with the Northeast. Yeah, no, I, I knew Syracuse wasn't right just because I live near Syracuse and I, I didn't recognize him as being a Syracuse guy, but I knew, but it didn't sound exactly wrong. So I knew you were in the, the ballpark on that one. So. Right. Uh, general geography right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this, it's a 10. It, it's a straight 10. Because look, this wasn't even a good MAC team. Uh, you know, so yeah, it wasn't even really middle of the road back then. Yeah, when when are they going to announce the uh, the game against Eastern Michigan? Like, what year do you think we'll get that done? I am Since working on that. Like, you we're, believe. I mean, Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're working through them. Well, we gotta well. have. I mean, you, you gotta have some. They gotta listen. If you know anything about Notre Dame, is Toledo's on the future schedule? I mean, there's like, got to be some kind of story to tell. Yeah. Uh, with when they when they schedule How about or, first or game against Eastern like? ever, right? Like, look, we we'll, and we'll get oh, to this in a, in a couple of picks. Like Mike Denbrock uh, as the coach of EMU or something like that, or or um, yeah, something like that. Okay, Although, just look, like how uh, they need to Nerdy, with, Nerdy they randomly played Delaware that one year when Martin Inglesby uh, became the coach of Delaware, right? I'm not gonna let you go that route because you just okay. said something ridiculous. Eastern, if you're listening, do not fire Chris Creighton. He probably took you to two bowl games. Hold on to him as much as you can. What, was it with the Quick Lane Bowl or the yeah, Little Bahamas Caesars? Bowl, man? Oh yeah, love Come Bahamas on. Bowl. Love Bahamas I mean, Bowl. They'll, they'll get. I mean, that's that they they, they kind of hit a home run a little bit. Uh, at, you know, up at Easterns with with Creighton. I, I think he's doing a fine job. They need to stick with him. Um, but uh, going back to Bowling Green here. Yeah, I yeah, there's just they got there's nothing there. I mean, it, I mean <sighs> give me a score prediction. They're not going to get in the 60s. I, okay. I, I, I don't think I, I don't think they get I don't even think they hit half a hundred, though. I, I think it'll be like a 49. No, like a 48. No, I'll say 47. It'll be a game where there's gonna be an extra point missed. Uh, it's gonna be like forty-seven because they let Lacrosse Bro kicker kick because it didn't matter. Well, Lacrosse Bro kicker will come in because of something. Something may oh, happen. Oh, because Dora missed the kick. I don't oh, know. Shoot. I think why you, since you mentioned it, I think Lacrosse Bro kicker wins the job in fall camp. Slash. Oh, I totally, I totally you know disagree. We just I totally saying, disagree in fall camp during the summertime. <laughs> it's like it was like. What was the thing? Someone was saying, uh, "Oh, like, never mind." I totally lost the thought. It was about it was something about like the true story or like the real story that you are reading about. <laughs> Anyways, I, I just lost like five listeners. Forty-seven and Bowling Green gets how many? Three. Okay, three. They, I mean, the, the, it's a cheap three. It's like, no, you know what? I'm gonna get. You know what? No, it's going to be 47, 13. Whoa. Yep. I'm going to, yep. They score against the third team defense sort of thing. I just, like I a got a garbage I got a, touchdown at the end. I think it's going to be a garbage game up to halftime. 
And then I think they're going to have to get their heads out of their asses a little bit in uh, in the second half. Boy, if you got tickets to this game, I feel for you. So, yeah, it, it's not going to pre- it's not going to be pretty. It, it's going to be an ugly thing to witness all the way around. I mean, unless you like brown and orange uniforms. I mean, uh, by the way, I think it's brilliant of Notre Dame because they care so much about that sellout streak that I don't think really anybody else cares about. Uh, that they packaged the USC game as a as a like a three game mini game like mini season ticket plan or whatever. So yeah, if you dude. wanted the only decent game on the home schedule, you had to buy two craptacular games uh, that I'm sure that they're having trouble selling tickets for. Oh, so, I bet it, and, and I, to me, I guess I kind of want. And this goes. Let's talk about it. I mean, let's let's talk about about Pat Fitzgerald's stupid ass comments. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. We're, ta- we're taking a timeout. In fact, you know what? Let's take a commercial break real quick. There we'll we go. Since, sorry, folks, but uh, we got to pay the bills. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, with some quick uh, Pat's, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald insight. All right. Back to Meathead. So, you know, they asked him about college football attendance. And he goes off on some ridiculous rant about millennials and their phones. It was such a, like he has completely lost touch because he's so in his skin of being a, a boomer. And you know, he's one of those guys. It's like, you know, Oh, fuck technology. He absolutely lost his mind by not answering the question because it was just a dumb way to go about it. He could have used this platform in such a better manner, but in no way, shape, or form did he mention anything about crap products, about you know ticket prices being outrageous. Although he did kind of start mentioning, he did did throw in, you know, I, I I know it's not you know the cheapest thing. Hell, no, it ain't fucking cheap. But you know, Bowling Green, Notre Dame went to a tier system of tickets. Right. There should have been a below tier for the. <laughs> I think New Mexico is a better ticket because a it's the home opener and B it's Bob Davey. Right. This game, this should be like whatever the cheapest seats are in the house uh, for like for, you know, New Mexico should be, it should go back to one seat, one price like it was and be the lowest price. I mean, maybe not 35 bucks, but I mean, 60 bucks, 50, 60 bucks. And, and that way you don't have to like, spend your own money and give like a thousand tickets to Myers just to keep your stupid ass streak. Right. It's, I mean, which is, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's laughable. Thank God this isn't like Miami, Ohio at a five o'clock kickoff of which I passed out in the press box on my computer (laughs) and Doug Farmer looked over and chuckled like I was an asshole. (laughs) I mean, look, the sun was blinding. Okay, I had I had gotten a little, I got me a little bit of lubrication before I went up to the press box. It's a weird time, like that five o'clock kickoff threw everybody off. Everybody, it it was like that first year when Notre Dame brought the night games back with USC. Like uh, Wes, Wes and I went up to that game together. In fact, it's the last time we will ever be at a game together, uh, at least next to each other. Uh, we can't, Notre Dame can't win when, when Wes and I are like within arm's reach of each other watching a game. Well, we went up to that game and it was just like every tailgate, everyone's just looking at their watches like, 
if this was a three o'clock game, like, you know, like you're trying to like figure out what you should be doing. People were lost. They're actually right. fucking lost about what to do. I think, you know, now they're more, people have got a better gist since we've had more and more night games since then. But that Miami game at the five o'clock, people were absolutely clueless. They did. I, I felt clueless. And speaking of Wes, he had, come, he was at that game and had, uh, had booze like at like 20 different tailgates, uh, like stashed. So when he asked me, when we met at the grotto, he asked me to go out to his car and, and have some bourbon with him. I said, sure. But on the way there, we hit like all these tailgates up for all his other booze that he dropped off. <laughs> and so, and, uh, by the time, by the time I get up closer to the stadium, there was another, there was another tailgate we had to hit and I'm thinking, and I'm out there and it's like 40 minutes to, to kick off. I'm like, hey, guys, I need to go, guys. I need to, I need to <laughs> you a do a job. <laughs> so so I, I get up there, and I'm like, whew, that, that, that might have been – you know, I'll always go out and have a drink or two uh, before the games. That, that'll never change. That might have been more than what I should have been doing. Uh, but then that sun, because the press box, you know, sure. flipped, it's, in, it's dead in your eyes. And at 5 o'clock is, like, one of the worst. So the whole first half, dude, it's just dead eye. I got, you know, you got sunglasses on, you know, Eric Hansen's famous for his white sunglasses, but I'm just sitting there and I got sunglasses on and my hands over my the eyes on the sides and I'm trying to like stay, watch the game and stay focused. And it's freaking Miami of Ohio. Who cares? Suns in my eyes. I'm sauced up. And I just kind of closed my eyes and ate my keyboard <laughs> and looked over to the left of me. And there's farmer looking at me I'm like, yep. Okay. So anyways, that's a Mac game at five o'clock. Thank God we don't have to deal with that with Bowling Green. Um, moving on to, to, to a game. I'm pissed. And, and I, and I've built up this anger over, over the last week or so. USC is coming to town. Mm-hmm. How much have we talked about USC during the off off season? How much have we talked about them? How much is, the Notre Dame fan base talked about him. How much has the rest of the Notre Dame media talked about him? It's been jack and shit. I think that's what five and seven does to a, to a program, right? I, yeah, I guess, man, but I just, I look when, when, uh, Amon Bob, Ross, St. Brown and, uh, TJ, JT Daniels, uh, got together and they said they wanted to play for USC. I thought, Oh shit, that's going to be four hard years. Um, obviously that didn't come to pass last year, although they gave us a bit of a game. Um, I still, I still think their wide receiver core is amazing. And I think Daniels can get them there. Uh, so I don't take this game for granted in the least. I don't think this is going to be a 49, 14 thing. This is going to be like, uh, you know, my confidence on this is like a seven. Um, and I'm going to go like, uh, like a 34, 21 sort of thing. A little bit rougher, huh? Thirty. You say thirty-four twenty-one or thirty-four thirty-four? Thirty-four thirty-four twenty-one. Thirty-four twenty-one. Yeah, okay. you know, and maybe twenty-one's too too little because I really do think that they're going to torch, uh, you know, a couple people for touchdowns here. Okay. Okay. You don't think we have any safeties that can help on that? I mean, maybe by game six, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the green out. Notre Dame just announced it. I'm. I, I love how they love to announce some some shit. It's not even the Friday news dump. 
but they like the big things going on, like what, oh, the spring game when they announced like the schedule of the players and all that. Um, I'm kind of over all these, <laughs> all these antics. Uh, but I do find it funny, you know, last year was the first time the university had ever embraced anything like a green out. There's been, you know, calls from fans and all that. And they've always fell, fell on their face because but the you university know, last year, the shirt was green. So when you call for a green yeah. out, that made sense <laughs> this year. It's like, oh man, you just cut the shirt off of the knees, didn't you? Yeah, but you know, you got to get that Under Armour dollars, man. They got an Irish wear green shirt. Maybe they'll make another version of it. Uh, you can go to One Foot Down and find a uh, South Bend against the world. Yeah, or you can get a Dom Shabu green shirt, Dom Shabu, which, is, yeah. which is back in the rotation again. Or hopefully, you bought a thirty-seven nothing T-shirt last year. Yeah, I because did. that's that's sold out, man. That's uh, I need to I need to make a note to uh, to get that back rolling again for the few weeks, uh, but. Yeah, it's a it's a green out game. Will Notre Dame wear green jerseys? Who knows? Uh, it, it, if they do, it better Und- be undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, they will. I, yeah, I'm, there's got to be a time. Look, it, we've I've talked about this many times, obviously, because I'm stupid like that. But there's going to be a game that Notre Dame wears an alternate uniform. They're just going to. Yeah. And, you know, we try to figure out which game that is. Be, you know, senior day seems to be like the thing they like to do. Right. And that is BC, and there there is still enough of bad juju that you know in the air up in South Bend around that. that maybe they don't want to do that, yeah. uh, especially if it was a green. That that would really be some bad juju. I don't believe in any of that shit, but other people do. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Navy would be another choice. Uh, it would be a bad choice if they do camo against Navy, <clears throat> but I would love to see it. I don't think anyone's ever talked about camo except for you. I honestly, I never, I don't think I've ever heard Brian Kelly or Jack Swarbrick or any of the players ever talk about a camo jersey. Just you I wait. think I, th- I think that's a Subway Domer wholly created fictitious. Just thing. you wait until that glorious day. When they've run out of some weird architectural bullshit on campus. I mean, like, to, like do, I get to be, do I get to be 80 years old on this podcast being like, you wrecked me for Drew Tranquil. I wrecked you for Camo. Yeah, but you can't prove mine yet. I mean, <laughs> like, you can so die you, and like the next day they announce it. Like it happened. Uh, Tranquil set in stone. Set in stone all time, my friend. So anyways, <clears throat> so the, this has got... And that got me thinking about, all right, this should be a big game, man. This should this should hold a lot of weight. Fucking USC's not holding up their end of the bargain. You know, it, Notre Dame was guilty of that for many years. Uh, this game just has not been big on the national scale. We like to say it's the greatest intersectional rivalry in college football, and it is. But guess what? Name another intersectional rivalry. <laughs> I mean, can you name? No. Everything's based regionally. So... This game should be bigger, and it's not. It's pissing me off. We're not talking about it. That pisses me off. It's for the Jewel Chalet. It's a freaking trophy game, which is right up my alley. So getting to the actual game itself, USC tried to – I mean, didn't try. They they hired Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator in the offseason, and then uh, he bolted. Uh, what was it, two days, three days, a week? I, I, don't he made know. It a, I think he made it a week. Anyways, it doesn't he matter. might have put his sunglasses down somewhere uh, at a table in L.A. and then uh, left him there and jumped on a flight. But anyways, but they still, in, in essence, they have Kingsbury because they 
they got Graham Harrell. Right. They go from one Texas Tech quarterback to another. Right. So these are Mike Leach disciples. Air raid is in their blood. They have a. They have a. Uh, I think it was Tyler who mentioned this. How hard their schedule was in the beginning of the year, too. Yeah, now they do have. They do have a rough run. So I mean, if they come through that schedule to South Bend, this could be a huge freaking game, man. Right. And or they could which, be demoralized by that point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is when you got a head coach that's really hanging on his, you know, on his last limb. I mean, embattled doesn't even really describe it anymore. It's just like God, it's like, it, it, it's like yeah. they're basically banking on the fact that Urban Meyer that they could maybe get Urban Meyer after they weren't going to get him after last season, but they're banking on the fact that we're just hold on to Helton. We can maybe we can get Urban. I, I think that's really what it boils down to. Um, <sighs> honest to God, I, I honestly think that, that that's in play. I don't know if they get him or I don't know if he does it or not, and I don't I don't fucking care. Um, but does he I have any ties to Southern California that we know of, uh, that he doesn't have any players over there with any rest. I, I, my best guess, but anyways, I, I have about a seven on this game. Um, but I, I think they, I think it can get real offensive in a hurry because of the air raid. I mean, it's just, it's sure. a lot, it's a lot, it's going to be the, it's going to be the only game we played thus far that this year. That will be that. I think that pass heavy, and how that's going to work with with a new corner, whoever the new corner might be, um, you know, it, it's going to be remain to be seen. But I think Notre Dame gets the job done. I think along where the battles won and lost is on the offensive defensive lines, and I just don't think US, USC doesn't have it, especially on the offensive line. They just don't, they don't have it. Um, and when you're going up against Julie Laquara, Lynn Kareem, Dalen Hayes, good night, sweetheart. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot like, I think it's going to be a lot like 2017 game. Um, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it gets up to that, to that level of scoring, uh, but I will go over 40. And I, th- I, th- I think they're going to get enough chances because of how quickly, you know, you can get a team off on an air raid offense. You know what I mean? They, if they're off, if they're off a bit, it's you know three and out, three and out, three and out. So I'm gonna go with like 42-24. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna go 42-28. All right, get it done. Keep the, keep the George Shalala. It's important. So we go from one rival to one asshole in a matter of a couple of weeks because uh, Notre Dame gets a bye week after USC, and then they uh, take a trip up to Ann Arbor to the most overrated team in college football fucking history, the 2019 Wolverines, who lost everybody off their defense last year that was supposed to be miraculous and return. I mean, I've never seen a love fest for a team that's lost so many people. I mean, to me, it's stunning. And I'm almost betting that you're calling for a loss on this, so I won't insult you by trashing uh, your team, Michigan, much more. So where are you at on confidence on this? Uh, I am a five on the confidence meter. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, this is the game we lose uh, because of the the field goal unit. So I'm going to say 28-27 Michigan. Okay. Yeah, you're you're so People like to point to the troubles in Ann Arbor. Um, 
and I, I, I just don't buy it. I understand that they have, they have had trouble winning there, but we haven't played there since what? 2013, 13. Correct. Yeah, that was, that was still Brian Kelly 2.0 y'all. This, this is Brian Kelly 3.0. I, 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 I just, I don't see it with Michigan. I think that this game, if it was played, I think it, if it was a normal Notre Dame Michigan game, which would be within week one or two, um, maybe it'd be a little closer. Uh, but I think by then, by this time, it's going to be demoralizing for them because they're going to just going to be the same run of shit. I don't care about Josh Gaddis. I, I don't think he's some kind of messiah. I, I don't think Don Brown is a is an all time genius. I mean, he he couldn't stop one freaking crossing route against Ohio State, and that's all they ran was just. Double crosses the whole damn game. You're supposed to be a genius in defense court. I just think they're trash, man. I think they're absolutely fucking trash. I'll never pick Notre Dame to lose against this team, ever. And I've given it a 10 on my on my confidence. Wow. And we're gonna go we're gonna go 35-20. All right. Because fuck Michigan. Moving on. Now we don't need to. We need to talk about anything. We need to talk about Shea Patterson crapping himself and Jun Aquara basically owning him. It's going to happen. It's it's going to be that brutal. Just you you heard it here from me, completely unbiased. Now the next game that Notre Dame plays, Virginia Tech. This is my trap game of the season. Okay. This, I it I didn't give it much thought. I have to give credit. Um, I, I think it was Tyler. Uh, when we asked him about trap games and he brought up Virginia tech and that really got that turned my whole head around. I started thinking about it more and more and more and more. And I eventually landed and like, yeah, dude, he's right. This is the, this is the trap game, not Virginia. So where are you at on this? You know, I just, uh, I just think Justin Fuente is terribly overrated. I am just not impressed. Um, I just, I, I don't think this team has it together. Um, I, I just, my confidence level on this game is about an eight. Uh, and I feel like this is a 35, 17 type, type of win. I just, this one feels, this feel, this, this one feels like a, like a W. Yeah, I, I I agree with you a lot. With I think it's an eight for me, even though I have it as the trap game. Um, the trap is going to be that it, I think it's going to be a lot tougher. Um, I I was I used to be impressed with Justin Fuente quite a bit, but they're just there's a whole lot of ridiculous attrition over there. Like um, just the simple fact that like. One of your leading receivers tra- transferred this year to the underdog team of the century, Old Dominion, uh, that beat you last season. I, there's a, the, something's not I think, right. I think Bud Foster's past his prime, too. I think the whole Bud Foster thing was fun uh, 10 years ago, but it's not. It's not. I don't. To me, honestly, it's not interesting to me now. Look, so. Virginia's, Virginia Tech's never really recruited at a at extremely high level. You know, I'd have to go back and look at recruiting rankings, but I, I think it'd be hard pressed to find them finishing um, 
inside the top 15 too many times in the last five years. Um, you know, I, I don't need to look it up. I, I just know that's not the case. But they do. They have seemed to get like more out of their players. And and let's be honest. I mean, especially after I witnessed 24-7's recruiting rankings today, recruiting rankings ain't shit. I mean, <laughs> the, the people that are making these decisions, they think they're so brilliant. Yet they'd be making a lot more money if they were coaches in Division One. So whatever. Uh, I read a comment today that I totally agreed with, which is recruiting service uh, projections are a zero accountability game, which is like yeah, nobody ever, that, nobody, that nobody ever yeah, nobody ever calls these guys on the carpet and like you missed on sixty percent of these dudes because all they, they all you they hear do, is, they'll just be like yeah, it was a development thing or right. Well, it, there's all sorts absolutely. of built-in excuses. Yeah, the kid never, you know, the kid uh, didn't find the right. He wasn't. He was in the wrong system. Uh, he didn't get coached up properly. He had injuries that weren't disclosed. I mean, he literally could make, you know, college hit him harder than uh, than was expected. I mean, it, you just, you know, how could we? How could we account for this? You know, and that's why it's just that stuff drives me nuts. And I, and I saw our good friend Greg from uh, UHND kind of get upset upset today because Chris Tyree. He's uh, a good a friend of, of the show. We have to he, mention yeah, that. Yeah, he, he dropped a, he dropped a couple of spots, and, and I get it. I, I totally get it. It makes no sense, um, but I'm just I'm over trying to figure out what these guys are doing because all I think they're trying to do is just generate clicks. And, you know, so, and, and even Michael Mayer, who was the MVP at their at the opening for his for all offensive players, he was the the guy. He, you know, he wasn't on the. Barton's dream team as a tight end, even though he just dominated everybody. And even though he just, he moved up in the rankings that were released, he actually moved down in, in the position rankings. So now he's the number three tight end. And it's like, are you, are you really just like, you're owning this is what the guy is what basically like someone like Barton's doing. Like you're owning your decisions to like, to think that be- guys that didn't show it's, it's so better, but it's so it's fake so because they'll change it four more times before signing yeah. day finishes off anyways. You know what I mean? So well, like, it was like, like my problem was like back in the spring when they were like moving guys around, like maybe they didn't get a whole lot of film on these guys, but these are like top 100 guys that they're moving all over the place. They've seen them enough. And yet they're re-ranking them. Like what the hell have they done in March? to justify a re-ranking yeah and, and for any but for any player to regard i it, it's it's a bunch of bogus shit so anyway i'd much rather talk about duke game nine in durham north carolina yeah well i had i still have to talk about uh my score projection oh for. i'm sorry no that's all virginia, right virginia tech yeah uh notre dame wins uh but little 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 less scoring than i than i would appreciate um, uh, probably 27 to 10. Okay. That's, that's the trap there. It's going to be a little sluggish. All right. Yeah. So now we're going down, uh, to Durham to the, to the year hype of the ACC network game. <laughs> You guys have a couple of months to figure out whether or not you're going to get the ACC network on your uh, cable package or whatever your streaming service is. So this, this let has this all be the, your forewarning. This has like all the feel of like um, when Notre Dame played Air Force and it was on CBS Sports. 
Yeah, and all of a sudden you're you're look you're you're talking to a friend who has a package that includes that <laughs> that you know CSTV, right? Yeah, and I think I know my cable company at the time or was it direct? I can't remember, but I had I had it. I mean, I, I already had that channel because I'm a I'm stupid like that. But friends of mine didn't. And they were saying, like, when you were trying, like, the week before you're, you're calling in, like, hey, I want this package. They, there was, like, it was basically like the selling Bowling Green. Like, like they were <laughs> trying to loop in shit uh, with it. Like, you had to do this to get that. Um, it, it must have only lasted a couple of days of them trying, of the company trying to do that. Because eventually they said, like, no, nah, you know, I, I got, you know, just this. It, it was built in, it's like an $8 a month extra package. Uh, back then I remember, but anyways, how you feeling about Duke? I feel pretty good. Um, Duke is like a nine game for me. So, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I think there's some, I think, you know, Duke in 2016 was the inflection point. That was the game that finally got Brian Van Gorder fired. That was the game that had Brian Kelly all fired up after the game because his team wasn't, it wasn't playing with any heart with the exception of Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams. With heart. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that there's a, there's an overwhelming desire to right a wrong here. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, maybe the 2019 guys don't feel that as much, but, um, well, there's, there's also, some, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of guys. Dante, that it, was, on that team. it was Dante Vaughn's greatest game as an earning player, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel real good about this game. Uh, you know, I've been picking high scores. I think that will probably continue. So I'm going to take uh, the Irish 34, and let's say Duke gets uh, 17. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on with the Brian Kelly revenge factor uh, when it comes to this game. I mean, spot on. I mean, this was, you know, and in a way, it was a blessing in disguise, right? Like, Brian, Brian Van Gorder had to go. And what was funny is, and I remember that as clear as day, sitting in that press room after the game, and someone asked about Van Gorder, and Brian Kelly flat out said, I thought he did a good job. Oh, my God, you know? yeah. And then he fired him, you know, the, I don't know if it was that night, but at least the, no, the next it was, day. It, well, it was announced by noon the next day. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. so but, it, but, you know, to, I guess to Kelly's credit, that no one ever gives him, or at least a lot of Kelly haters don't give him. He didn't throw Van Gorder. He could have, he had every, he had the teed up justified, you know, chance to throw Van Gorder under the bus. And no one would have doubted it. You know, no one would have said Kelly's blaming somebody. And he didn't, he just said he did it. He did the, he said something completely moronic. Um, but I think that proved a point that he, he look, he just wasn't going to trash him. Uh, and that the point would be, the real point would be made, you know, when they announced that he was fired. So I give right. Kelly a lot of credit for, for sounding. I also think that was smart with Montgomery Van Gorder on the team. You know what I mean? It's just, it's an awkward situation. I mean, I, I feel awkward even saying like terrible things about Brian Van Gorder that we all agree on. Just yeah, because, because of gummy? I don't yeah. think he's a, I don't think he's a terrible human being. I just think he's just really bad at his job. Yeah. You know? And somehow keeps getting. I mean, that is like right, right. That is amazing. That guy must have the greatest interview skills of all time. That's what he should be doing is is going on the road, holding seminars for get how to get 
how to land that, that job, how to nail that fucking interview. You, um, uh, you mentioned ND Insider. Uh, there's, a, there's a little thing in here that I, I, I got to <clears> note. Apparently, it says the Blue Devils will play against 11 bowl teams in 2019, including a season opener against Alabama. My God. Yeah, they have uh, a Duke has a wreck of a schedule. Yeah, I mean, so by the, time it's by time it's November 9th, they could be sitting there at you know four and five or something like that, so. and and it could be like half a team. Yeah, I mean, Bama's some big boys. They're, they're, that's a big boy football. Um, but I, you know, David Cutcliffe is a good coach. He's a really man, dude. He is a really good coach. Uh, you, you just don't go to a program like Duke and consistently win the way that he has been. And just be average. I mean, David Cutcliffe is a really good coach. David Cutcliffe was a Notre Dame coach very briefly. Very briefly. He was a quarterback's coach for Charlie Weiss, uh, Charlie Weiss's first year in spring. And that was it. He had some heart problems and then, uh, then he had to go. Yeah. Was it Charlie? Who did he work for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who it was, was, the, it who was, was literally that- White. It was literally Weiss's best hire. <laughs> literally his best hire throughout his entire tenure. That's great. Um, maybe his entire tenure as a head coach. So, I mean, Cutcliffe is a good coach. I think this team's going to be, he's going to have his team ready. This is not a team that's not going to be ill prepared for Notre Dame. But to your point, I just don't, they're not going to be able to handle it. It's, they're going to have too much on their plate before that game. It's going to be a little overwhelming. I think it gets away from them. Um, dude, what did you say your score was? You you were in the forties, right? No, I, I had, uh, like 38, 14, I think 30. I said. Okay. Or 34. I uh, know uh, I said 34, 17. I think I said, so I, I'm doing this. I'm going to do, uh, 51. Woo. 20. All 51, right. 20. I think, uh, I'll be tuning in the ACC network for that one. Holy cow. Yeah, that's not going to be a it's not going to be a cool game to watch, uh, but I, I think they put it on them. I, I, and that's not a disrespect to Duke. I know it sounds like it, but I think that they're going to be hurting by that game. I think yeah. there's going to be, you know, your middle of the season injuries are going to come around. They've had a tough schedule, you know, up to that point. It's going to I mean, stay that, tough. At that point, hopefully, they found a wide receiver and a you know or somebody on offense. Yeah, they lost their quarterback. They lost all their receivers. It's I'm giving yeah. them 20 points here, but I, I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a fourth, that's a second half kind of fourth quarter. It, you know, it's, it's 40, you know, it's 42 or something like that. Yeah, so, that's, this so is very it's much 42, 42, three heading into the four. There's some shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's gonna be some weird stuff going on there. All right. Moving on to the team that I wish Notre Dame would just drop all together. And that is Navy. Coming back uh, to South Bend. Yeah, um, I give this a 10. I, you know, once vociferously uh, defended uh, the 2015 Notre Dame win against Navy as one of the top five wins of the Brian Kelly era. I, think I, got, <laughs> laughed, I got laughed out of the building, but they did win 11 games that year. Statistically, and it, not. And, and 2015 does not feel like that far away. But if you look at this team, they have completely come apart. And I don't. It doesn't look like. I mean, look, uh, Malcolm Perry's back, and I think he gave. I think he was the one who gave Notre Dame the most trouble of him and like Zach Avey and uh, you know all the guys that they've tried back there. Um, so I don't know. 
It could be. It's still Navy. It, look, I I can't I can't pick a high score because uh, Notre Dame's only going to get to what right between six and eight possessions, right? I mean, it, so, well, it depends. I mean, yeah, you've so had I'll those, take, We've had those I'll, years where Notre Dame has been able to to stuff the option and then pour on the points. Sure. Uh, and you know, obviously the defense, uh, helped out and the special teams helped out in the uh, win in, in Navy against Navy in 2012. Uh, I'm going to say 30 to seven. Okay. That's a, that, I, I think that's where I'm sitting at. Um, I got them putting on 40. Uh, we'll do, uh, 42. Um, we'll do 42, 17. I, I, I think it's going to be another. Look, we're we're in November now. All right, we're in the middle of November. Who knows what the weather is going to be like? Um, and I realize I got a high score of 40, 42 on there, uh, but I, I think it's a game. I think it, I think it kind of resembles a little bit about what happened in San Diego. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm confident that they will win with a ten, uh, but it's going to be you know a bit of a fight, which is it always is with Navy. I mean they. I'll say what I will about them, and I have plenty to say about them. But they are a t- they're a tough out, regardless. They 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 play sure. hard. They're well coached. I mean, uh, former director of OFD podcast <laughs> Wes Swigert will uh, tell you that Ke- Coach Ken is the, the greatest of all time, and he isn't. But he is still good. He's still a good coach, and the, and the option can give you problems. But we'll go with uh, forty two seventeen. Next up, another thorn in Notre Dame's side over the last 25 years, Boston College on Senior Day. I love A.J. Dillon. I, yeah. I, I really wish that Notre Dame had gotten A.J. Dillon. Um, I, he's, been a, he's been a hell of fun to watch from, from afar. Yeah, who is he? Um, isn't he related to a, an, yeah, to a, like Gatewood, a pseudo right? legacy? Yeah, it's Gatewood. You're right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, God, this game's makes me nauseous uh you know senior day a lot of emotion boston college uh um i'm not predicting a loss here but i'm feeling like a six on this game maybe a seven um and i'm gonna go like a close score like a 28 24 okay i'm with that i'm with that i think We're definitely going to know where Notre Dame's standing at by this point. You oh know, yeah, it, I have him down with the one loss to Georgia so far. You you got him down to, to two losses. Um, so you know whether or not they're in the college football conversation has a lot to do with um, probably more the game in Ann Arbor than in Athens, um, just because I think. But anyways, uh, but there's still there's a ton to play for and that is a new year's day bowl game against brandon wimbush everybody right uh so there's a lot on the line and look boston college lost a lot of talent from last year i, mean, I think they had four guys drafted which that's not a high that's not a huge number but for boston college that is that that's that represents a a core part of your team uh, fortunately for them, they do return AJ Dillon. I think he's the kind of back that's a, that's built for November. Um, I really love him. Yeah, he he's hard to dislike for sure. Do you believe that Ron Dane has a son old enough to play college football? That that seems impossible. I, I noticed right? that the, I noticed that the other day. 
uh, about the same thing. But I mean, it's been out of the Ron Day was a long time ago, man. I know. I used to play him. What was what? What? What year would have been the the NCAA game that I was playing? Oh my god, he's oh, a horse. 90, 98? Yeah, I was gonna say two thousand, but yeah, maybe ninety eight. Uh, he was such a beast. I mean, played four, played four years, so yeah. But now I'll give this game. Um, I'm with you. I'm I'm a six on this. Just because it's a mid November senior day. Uh, that mojo, you know, that that has some, some issues in itself, but um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be tough going, and I I think 31, 31, 23 seems about right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. That's the inch, I, I'm pretty sure I'm averaging over forty points here, but uh, <laughs> I gotta maintain my stance. That, that I think they'll do it. So, okay. So now season under. Yeah. Heading back out to that shitty ass turf on the farm. KJ Costello in his what? Sixth year of eligibility. I think. Right. Who, uh, who has a lot in common with Michigan uh, as far as the, uh, overhyped. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I didn't see it last. I mean, I did not see it at all last year with KJ Costello, especially in our game. And then, uh, well, I, I think KJ Castello's problem was that his offensive line was being yeah. driven back into him nearly every play, right? Yeah. And then, uh, Bryce Love getting beat up, chased down. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was, it was a tough go for him. But yeah. hey, you got to deal with it. Um, but it, look, Notre Dame has not won out there, we all know, since 2007, which is strange because Notre Dame only won three games that year, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, the, one of those three was Duke. <laughs> but anyways, um, Zibia QB. Yeah, we we were calling for that. That was yeah. that was uh, the, one of the highlights of a three win season. Yeah. And David Grimes' amazing catch that got overturned at Stanford. Anyways, I'm I'm not still sore about that. That's fine. No, no one is. I, I guarantee you, no one will post that picture. <laughs> that yeah. uh, but we're going for the Legends Trophy. I I didn't even mention. The Frank Leahy Memorial Bowl, uh, BC, which you also there is a a trophy a traveling trophy between the student bodies with the Ireland Trophy. Mm. Um, just backtracking there. In fact, this will be the third trophy game in a row because there's one with Navy, although it's lame as hell because uh, in Notre Dame Navy fashion, it's two pieces and you each have a half. And yeah. when you play, you bring it together so everyone can marvel over its awesomeness. And then win or lose, you take your half home. It's freaking lame. Not in love with that. Not no, it, that. but it does that not match the narrative of that whole reason why yeah. we're, I mean, it's, I got to get this off my chest. Notre Dame does not owe Navy anything. All right. They were not the only pro- program in World War II. They're not the only school in World, in World War II that Navy sent people to. There's a giant program, a giant program, the V12. They sent people freaking everywhere. Oberlin got people from Navy. Notre Dame was a V7 school. You know who else was V7 schools? Northwestern, Villanova. Uh, I can't remember the other one because who gives a shit? Navy doesn't play any of those guys. They didn't know them. They saved all their asses too. It wasn't like Notre Dame was the only school sending players and coaches to war. You don't owe them anything. Played them for 60 years. That's okay. It's enough. Anyways, 
that might be something you can criticize Hesburgh for, Father Hesburgh, because he was he was a firm believer in that. So yeah, it just it, dude, Wookiee life debts are not a real thing, and they shouldn't right. be. But anyways, back to Stanford. Yes. Who, which is another pet peeve of mine, is stop ending the damn season in California every year. It's freaking stupid. <laughs> it's absolutely the dumbest thing you can do. It does not do anything for your program other than make winning harder every year. It's the dumbest thing. you. It's one of the dumbest scheduling moves you can do. It doesn't do a damn thing. for You still got to play them in California, okay? But Stanford will move their game, unlike USC. So you can you can do the Stanford game the same time as USC. Feel me? It's just stupid. <laughs> Absolutely stupid to end up in California every year at the end of the season. It's dumb. Um, I don't give a shit about alumni wanting to warm up. Just take a vacation. Anyways, where are you at on this game? Um, my, my, I'm like a five on this game. Um, I just, I need to, I'm a, I'm a doubter. I need to believe it. I need to see it with my own eyes. I've, I've a hell of a amount of respect for David Shaw. I think he's a total whiner, but I also think he's a winner. Um, I, I had the, um, fortune or maybe misfortune of watching Paulson Adebo last year, mm-hmm. um, hurt my heart because he was like one, one of the time, biggest recruiting losses. Yeah. One time, one time Notre Dame commit. Uh, sort of around like a Ronald Darby. Right? Well, he wasn't really a commit. He, he was waiting for that Stanford offer. Yeah. Um, he made a play. I, it was, I think it was a third down against Oregon, the game that they actually came back and won where he batted away a pass and hit like the arm reach on it was just That's, insane. Yeah. Insane. Um, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think he's going to be a great disruptor. And um, I'm just generally usually impressed with Stanford. I, obviously, re- last year they sort of had a down year. Um, so I'm actually going to pick Stanford to win this game. I'm going to say uh, 31-27. Coward. <laughs> just, I mean, we've already called our shots, right? I said yeah. 11-1. You called nine and three. We've already, we already called our shots. I right. knew this was coming. Um, look, I don't know how this. Look, we're talking November thirtieth. We're damn near in December. All right. So who knows what either of these teams look like by then? Right. Sure. Right. I mean, and that's not. That, I'm not saying that to call you out on, on your on your score, or your prediction at all. I'm just saying, fuck it. And this may be just be one way or the other. Totally different a totally different game than what we're imagining but much of the same way as usc surprisingly enough i think i just i just think they have line issues i think there's issues in the trenches and you know one name we have not you know can jafar armstrong stay healthy i i think this is a game notre dame goes out there chip long likes to run the football and there's a lot of high scores on there. And the only way you're going to get these high scores is if you're, if you're throwing the ball quite a bit. Yeah. And is he in book going to stay healthy? And, and they're, they're doing that. They're, yeah. Yeah. You know, you got a point there. We're, we're, I think you and I are both naturally assuming that he's, that he does stay healthy. Correct. And guys like Julian Aquar stay healthy. I, you right. Know I mean, like, right. When you're talking about, you know, you're giving re- previews of the season in July. 
You don't think, oh, wow, we're going to lose Durham Smythe for the whole season. And we're going to lose lose like Deron Jones and the, right. Exactly. And a freak play where Joe, Joe Schmidt takes out his legs. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's caught on. That's caught on tape and replayed (laughs) on showtime. (laughs) So having said all that, I just, I think Notre Dame shows up. I think it's a battle. I think David Shaw is a whiny little brat, but he is a excellent coach, but he is butt-headed. I mean, he's just hard-headed about what he does. If you need an example, just look what they did in the Rose Bowl against, uh, was it, I think it was Michigan State. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, stupid. You know, that's some, but still believing this is 1965 uh, playing football. <laughs> I think Notre Dame gets it done. It's going to be a 27-24 ball game. Um, and I think Notre Dame, but I think Notre Dame win, does this in like last minute fashion, like last drive. It, it, it's going to be a comeback. There's going to be a lot of stupid plays because last game of the season on the farm, that field's going to be pure shit. Uh, so who knows what happens, but I think they neutralize um, Adebo. Um because they have enough receivers uh, that, that can run routes away from him. So 31-27, I got Notre Dame down for 11-1, uh, going to a New Year's Day playoff. They don't make the play. They don't – New Year's Day game, uh, which I believe are not on New Year's Day <laughs> this year. <laughs> I think they're all like on December 28th, which is screwing up our, our Christmas presents to the kids. Um, but um, – so they make a New Year's Day game. It's a third year in a row for a double-digit season – uh, so whether they win or lose the bowl game, they'll still have the double digits, but you know, if I, they beat Brandon Wimbush. I, I'll just, I'll just fall in line with everybody else. Yep. They're going to play central Florida and, and a bowl game and, uh, and, and they'll take care of business there. Do you, do you get, you have any idea where you might slot them at with nine wins? I think we already had this like throw down before, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and and you corrected me saying the belt bowl wasn't wasn't good enough for a nine win team. No, uh, no, 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 no. So I I don't think the citrus takes them back. So what what's my what's like one step below citrus but above belt? Like what would that be? Probably camping that, World Bowl. Camping World. Okay. And last year was Syracuse and West Virginia, if I recall correctly. And West Virginia feels like the kind of team that they would play after a nine win season. It would be a Big Twelve. <coughs> it would be a Big Twelve opponent in the camping yeah. world. Yeah. Okay. Which would be to me would so, be the most interesting game outside of the New Year's Day games because I because Notre Dame just they don't play enough Big Twelve schools and I thought if they in 2017 there was a chance that they would go to the Camping World to play Oklahoma State and well, I, I thought what, that was good. that would be a well, really interesting yeah matchup. and that's and that's what I was just gonna say um, I think Texas is supposed to have a better season. The nine wins, um, but I feel like Oklahoma State's kind of. Uh, they obviously slept last. I want to say but, it goes to the third place team in the Big Twelve, maybe the okay. fourth. So, like I, that feels like a good Oklahoma State sp- slot. It feels a like TCU? maybe a, a TCU slot. I was just gonna say TCU slot. Yeah. So I would take Gary Patterson. Yeah, let's do TCU. Let's. I'll take Notre Dame, TCU, Camping World Bowl, Orlando. What would you say, December twenty eighth or whatever? Right, twenty sixth, twenty seventh. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know cares. the exact date, but it's twenty ninth. Twenty Okay, so so after we're depressed for watching, according to you, the New Year's Day games and uh, on the twenty eighth, well, we get I the Camping World Bowl on the twenty ninth. 
Oh God, do I even have to look this up and find out what time, what day the Camping World Bowl is? Okay. Oh, you're <laughs> December twenty eighth. It's t- it's Saturday, December twenty eighth. So there you Perfect. go. So there, yeah. more depression hits. Yeah. All right. How how would you how, how do you feel about the season you just predicted? Oh, I feel like a lot of it's wrong. Um, you know, I feel well, like I mean, like so hard let's, to do. Let's say you're right. Oh, let's say I'm right and say it's nine and three. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, a bunch of other questions. Uh, hold on, real, real quick. I was going to yeah. ask a bunch of other questions, but we're like d- damn near 90 minutes in. So yeah. we are going to wrap this up, y'all. Um, but I, I do right, want to so, ask you yeah, how you feel so, about your season. So I think it reinforces the narrative that I hate the most, which is that Brian Kelly can't win big games. Right. And so if I'm saying that he's going to lose on the road to Michigan, on the road to Georgia, and on the road to Stanford, the three biggest games of the year. Those are the three, not only the three biggest games of the year, but it's a possibility that two of those teams will be ranked at the time of the game, as would Notre Dame. So, you know, that, that plays into the whole uh, Brian Kelly can't win on the road. Brian Kelly can't win big games. Brian Kelly can't win primetime games. Um, I mean, does that narrative feel true? If, I mean, if, if, I mean, you, you feel pretty confident about your, about your loss picks. So doesn't that, doesn't that say a lot? Doesn't that that say something though, about how you feel about how Brian Kelly teams have done against in those big games? Yeah, but 2018 should have changed that up for me. It should have made me feel more confident instead. I feel less confident, you know? So I, uh, look at the end of the (laughs) day, nine wins with a chance to, to be 10 by beating TCU in the camping world bowl. I would take that. I would take that fine. I would think that was absolutely fine. Um, you know, it, they would be out of the playoff discussion after the loss to Michigan. So that would be a little bit of a, a kind of a letdown, but or a breather, um, depending on how you look at it or, or a breather, how depending you look at it. But um, yeah, I mean, look it, it, um 10 went 10 and three, so they would be 32 and seven over the last three years. Did I do that right? Um, well, they're 20, they're 22 and four right now. Right. So yeah, yeah 32 and seven. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied. Uh, I don't know that most people would be satisfied, but I'm satisfied. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I feel all right. I, I, I look, I have, I have them slotted for 11 wins. I think they could definitely be a 10 and two season though. Um, I, I'm pretty confident uh, that they'll win at least 10 games, right? Let's put it that way. Um, but that, that could be a huge difference in, in what they're doing at 10, 10 or 11 wins. They're playing um, in one of the non-playoff New Year's day games, but trying to, I don't want to say show up, but trying to, prove that you belong, which is a dumb thing to do because it's different year by year, but look, Notre Dame's trying to prove to everybody that they belong. And it's a stupid narrative because when people start talking about, you know, Notre Dame being irrelevant, like list the teams that have played for a championship over the last decade. It's not many. It's a very small list. So so where are you coming from? You know, I mean, are you an Alabama fan? So did you just complete, I mean, do you, yeah, you're you're dismissing your own title, uh, but I mean anybody. I mean that claim is stupid. But I think Notre Dame, as as dumb as it is, it hangs over Notre Dame. You know, it's a dark cloud that they're they're desperately trying to, you know, to get rid of. 
Um, so, but if they go eleven and one and then end up being like twelve and one, hey, that's back to back twelve and one seasons. I'm fine with that. If it's well, eleven and two, I you know I, I think I can live with that. If especially the, if, 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 the, if, the, if the, the wins a bowl game, I was gonna say especially if that win is a New York Six bowl game because at, at that point right. we get that stupid monkey off our backs. Yeah, so, so I mean I I could see a ten and two season with a win with a win over Brandon Wimbush. Uh, look, and people are gonna say, hey, it's Central Florida, blah blah blah. Look, oh well, they were there, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's like it's like Kansas and it's like the how shitty the Orange Bowl was for years. Uh, you know, <laughs> Cincinnati being there, Kansas. I mean. Wake Forest, you know, take your take your pick of teams. You know, it's not any it's not any different, but you got to shake it somehow, right? Notre Dame mm-hmm. had a big old drought, and we had to shake it somehow. They beat Hawaii, and now although the team celebrated like it was a national championship, you know, we felt a little you know whatever about it. But at least they got at least they got rid of that stupid ass streak. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you can't you can't move forward without taking a step. So no matter how small that step is. And I think that's Agreed. it for tonight. I think we're we're ninety minutes in. We're no shout outs, no extra bowl. Um, that was our massive season prediction preview, which I think we pseudo did already. But this was just a little more deeper. Uh, and with a, I, and with you a know few what? More rants. The last thing I want to say is just hold, hold us accountable. I, I I don't mind somebody coming back and yeah, and dropping him and my hey, Twitter I wrote, mentions I wrote our stuff and down. saying. And then saying, oh, dude, you picked Michigan and we totally whipped their ass. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, I did. Like, I'm an idiot. Like, What's we'll, we'll have fun with it. Like we'll have with it. Yeah, exactly. We'll have fun with it. So just, you know, feel free to say that you knew better than me. Uh, I'm putting it out there in uh, July. And look, I just, it's not even a, it's, it's just a guess. It's just like everybody else. We're just, we're trying our best to make an educated guess and we had fun with it. So I put and last thing before we go, if, you, if you're still listening, uh, head over to the site on the front page. There's a, there's a story for SB Nation fan polls. You get a vote on your top 25 every week. You guys get a voice. It's going to be a cool thing. Jude's going to be running it, so it's going to be a smart person, not me, that's, that's taking care of numbers, uh, which, which is always a plus. And uh, you know, get involved. We've had a lot of people sign up. We're like, we're reaching the college football playoff top four era, or way of uh, of signups so make your voice heard make sure michigan isn't stuffed in the ballot and um <laughs> and you can do it all there so hey signing off here for for me and for jude go irish go irish